Hi, I'm Ez. I'm Dove. And welcome to the Let Me Talk podcast. United have been doing, you know, much better. People are afraid of United right now. Um, but if I had to, if I had to predict something right now based on what I've seen, I say it just goes depends. Depends with no. But I, I, I can't see it going to pens. I can't because the, not, not because of that, that it's just a very, you know, random occurrence. Yeah, I know. Although he does do that. That's why I'm uh, shutting it down. But I'm saying like the, the scoring ability and the defensive inabilities of of late from both sides although united have plugged up holes more often than not lol yeah um but i i think i think it'll just be personally i think it's going to be united in in normal time one nil or two nil or two one i know you don't want to say you don't like hearing that you sound Bias, but you sound so biased. You know what? That's okay, but like. But it's just an FA Cup. So, like, they care, but they don't care, but it's also Liverpool, but nobody really has rivalries nowadays like they used to. So, if you, I mean, if you've ever heard. uh, I think to prove. uh, Roy Keane talk about it on on the TV. I think to prove a point, it's going to be like Klopp plays a young team. And and United plays a regular team. Just to be, you know, just to make that, oh, you know, it's a tough schedule type thing. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I think the FA Cup result depends on what happens this weekend. See, I want to think that, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I definitely, because because if, if United come, in, they come through with a win, their focus is going to be a lot less on the FA Cup. I don't know any team that if they're sitting six points past on top spot is going to be like, all right, let's pump the brakes on that and focus a lot on the FA Cup, especially if, especially if they, especially if they haven't done it in a very long time. They haven't done it in like ten years. If United win this weekend, then they'll then the the I think is we beat them once, let's beat them again. I think the mindset is we beat them once, we beat them again. But they're not going to play their first team again. They're not going to. They're, they're not going to play nearly as, as strong of a team. Yeah, but that won't be the mindset. Just because he plays a, 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 a not as strong team doesn't mean that's the mindset. No one says it's not going to be a mindset to not win. Mindset will still be we beat them before. Let's beat them again. I don't think the mindset's. I'm, I'm not saying the mindset's going to be all right. Let's shut down and forget about the FA Cup and just you know, throw the game. Obviously, they're not going to throw the game. And obviously, they're going to play to win. But they're going to do so with a less talented team than they would normally do against Liverpool in the Premier League that they're trying to retain. And and also, I mean, with, with such tight schedules that they have now, and obviously with the stakes of of finally getting the glory back, bringing it back to Manchester United, 
and for them to um And, and and for like the level of competition that's happening this season alone, they're, they're better off putting a majority of their focus and a majority of their talent and ability towards the Premier League. Yeah, but do you think clubs, a club like United should play it safe or do you think they'll just go for it all? I think to hear United would play it safe is a ridiculous proposition. I think it's a ridiculous proposition because nobody wants to play it safe. But if if you have someone like like Barcelona trying to win the Champions League again, like United trying to win the Premier League again, like Arsenal trying to make it back to the top four, they they need to take things a step at a time to make it back to where they were. That's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing now. He he took the time. They had faults. They got Maguire. He wasn't that good in the beginning. They're finally getting a solid defense going on. They have a good system. Eric Bailly is being used a lot more. Dean Henderson is being implemented as a, as a goalkeeper more often than, than Romero was. Um... The, the attack is, is becoming a lot better, a lot quicker. Over the, over the past year, they got significantly faster. They scored more goals. Their midfield is also looking great, but it all happened very slowly. Uh, you, can't, you can't just jump right into, oh, let's win a treble right now. Yeah, was, but now what you're saying, but that's what you're saying, it's gotten better. They're much better now. It's the same situation with Klopp. But they're not at that level yet. They're not at the level yet where he's built up enough to say, okay, let's let's fight for that big up. Let's fight for the Premier League. Let's fight for the Europa League all at once and try to win everything. They're not there. They still have to they have to get a taste of, of trophies before they can be an all-out war machine like Liverpool, like Bayern, like old-school Barca and Real. It's a it's a totally different. It would be totally out of their their game and out of their own ability, not ability, but their own workload capabilities, so to speak. Right, so, then, so then, yeah, yes, then I, then I would. Uh, then it sort of makes sense depending on how this weekend goes. But um, I don't think I know. But then I again, I don't think that be the thing. But the other, you said if they win, then they won't care about the FA It's not that they won't care about the Premier League. It's if they lose, there's a lot more motivation for them to then win in the next game. You don't want to go down twice. No, there isn't. I'll tell you why. Because it's not because the FA Cup won't matter if their big focus is the Premier League. Right now, if they don't lose the game they're playing now against Burnley, they're a top spot. This is top spot. Yes. Which is like which is which is such a thing. It's such a big deal. This is top spot. Yeah.
It'll it'll take a lot more pressure. It'll take more pressure off of them to win the FA Cup draw. It doesn't make a dip. It shouldn't make a difference. It shouldn't change the mindset. It's not changing the mindset, but it takes pressure off of them. It very clearly takes pressure off of them. They don't have to worry about beating Liverpool again. And and the more important, obviously, but it does help relieve pressure for them to to have to focus on on one thing more so than something else. They're going whether or not you like the sound of it. They're going to use you know younger guys or less experienced guys in the FA Cup match. Both sides are. I'm willing to bet you that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer starts a mostly a team against the FA Cup against Liverpool in the FA Cup, no matter how the game goes. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think so because I think he's gonna go with uh, Alex. He's he'll he'll go with the uh, maybe he'll go with Cavani, but that's not his his starting line. That's not what he would prefer to go with. But he's gonna go with he's gonna go with Greenwood. He's gonna go with Daniel James. He's gonna have McTominay in there. He's gonna have Brandon Williams in there. He's gonna have Alex Tellas in there. I wouldn't be surprised if he threw uh, Mata in there. And I and I also think that Dean Henderson's gonna have the starting spot ahead of De Gea. He should already have that. No, De Gea is unbelievable. Oh my gosh! Every single year, you people. Every single year, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. As as many mistakes as De Gea has made. It's so crazy. Every single it makes me so mad. As many mis- as many guy. mistakes as De Gea has made, and oh and and whatever, he's still he's still one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Every single he's not Keppa. He's not Keppa. He's he's literally he's literally. It's every single year because people bring up that he's trash every single year. That's why it's every single year. If people didn't bring it up all the time, it would never come up. It's not, it's not people. It's, it's Gary Neville and you and other United fans who go, just, just two months ago, not even a month ago, you were like, he's going to start Gene Henderson. You bought him. You should start. Get the head cold. No. No, 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 no. No, the, the the problem I had the problem I had with De Gea and Dean Henderson is that Dean Henderson wasn't getting any time at all. Now he's implementing him for Europa League games. He's been implementing him for for FA Cup, for the Carabao Cup, for other you know the the less so to speak less important Premier League matches against the likes of Burnley or or Brighton or whoever whomever. They're like Fulham, but he still needs time to like take over De Gea's spot. De Gea is not close to being done with his career, let alone at United. Okay, so, okay, I'm glad He's still an unbelievable goalie. Completely, completely destroy what you just said. Doesn't take time. He needs time to take over De Gea's spot. But De Gea is not that far. But he hadn't started good enough goalkeeper. 
start for games for Manchester United. How many more years do you think De Gea has as a stellar goalkeeper in goal? Five more years? That just seems that seems like a, a fair enough time. Do you think it'll take Dean Henderson five whole years to finally replace De Gea? No, I think it'll take. I think it'll may, maybe take another one or two. Another one or two before Dean Henderson fully takes over the spot. Over the course of that time, though, De Gea is going to have a majority of the of the playing time, majority of the starting spots, starting time. They're going to slowly but surely. They're going to slowly but surely. They're going to slowly but surely use Dean Henderson more often than De Gea, and then at one point, De Gea is no longer going to be a part of the team, other than backup. I don't think he has two more years at Man U. I think he has two years until Dean Henderson fully takes over. That's not a. <sighs> of course it is, okay. because if he had two more years at United, then he's leaving United. He's either retiring, he's going to another club, whatever that may be. He has two more years until Dean Henderson fully takes over as the starting goalkeeper, as the number one. In that time frame, and after that, De Gea might still be there as, you know, that senior goalkeeper that's there to teach the younger guys, or as a maybe they'll hire him as a goalkeeping coach, or, you know, they'll use him like they did Romero, or like they're doing now with Dean Henderson as someone who's just there for the, the smaller games, for the backup, to give competition, to, you know, give resting time for the other goalkeepers. It's, it's like the same situation with with Claudio Bravo and, and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen when they were both at Barcelona in 2015. Yeah, but Claudio Bravo was good. Claudio Bravo was unbelievable. <laughs> Claudio Bravo was unbelievable, and he started most of, if not all, of the La Liga games. And Marc-Andre Ter Stegen started all of, or most of, if not all of the Champions League matches and led them... We're not getting sidetracked. I'm just giving another example of, of when this happened. That's fair. A perfectly That's fair. valid example of it's it's almost mirroring. What also happened? What also happened is that when Mark Andre Stegen was the head, the main goalkeeper for Barcelona, they had another guy from the Netherlands who would start in all of their other matches, and uh, he left because he wasn't feeling it. Only starting for those matches. Yeah, because if if you look matches. at it, if you look at how they treated him, they did the same shit that they do to all their Brazilian players. They barely played him for the games that he was there for. Even they kept they kept on consistently sticking with Ter Stegen, which makes sense. I mean, he's one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the world right now. And like it. it you know, in that sense, it made sense, but the coaches just didn't use someone who was very good at the time enough, and he left because that's how you're going to treat a player of that stature, then, it, you know, it makes sense to get out of there when you deserve more time. That's that's the problem with Dean Henderson. If they keep doing what they're doing now, or what they were doing earlier in the season when I was pissed at Solskjaer, then he will definitely leave. And that would be a huge loss. That's fair. Um, but in other news, what was the Spurs played Brentford in the FA Cup? Was it no? Yeah, five nil. Uh, 
and that's what. No, they they played Brentford and something else though. Oh, that was the that was the Carabao Cup. They played Marine. Right, right. Vinicius had a hat trick. That last goal was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. He placed it. He just placed it. It was beautiful. He, I, you see him. You, he looked up. He saw the spot, and he's like, "All right, this is, I'm going for it." Um, but back to back, he was very good. But then again, they were playing against people. Were literally, I think, the best part of that match was people were watching from their back windows. Awesome! I wish. I wish. Yeah, right. I wish I could do that. Um, but I didn't care so much about that. But I wanted it because I didn't mention it last time. But if you jump back to the Brentford match, right? Sure. So if you look at, you remember that uh, what's his name? Uh, Hoybier was taken down by. Uh, he was injured. Like a very dirty tackle from this guy Josh De Silva. So I did a little digging on him, and at first, you know, I like I looked up, not looked up, but I saw on like Instagram or something. There was an interview with him, or on on Twitter, he posted. He was like, you know, my apologies for the tackle on Hoybier. It was not intentional. I never meant anything to, like that. And then Hoybier responded like, yeah, no worries, you're good. I appreciate the, you know, reaching out, but. Sure. I did a little digging before he came out and said that he didn't do it on purpose. And I developed a theory. Ugh, mm, I love a theory. Tell me here. Where he did do it intentionally. Because, A, Hoybier has been a pivotal part in Tottenham's, I don't know, positive performances of late. Yeah. And if you look at Josh De Silva's playing career... Which youth program does he come from? Tottenham Hotspur, in the same position as Hoybier, and he went to your event because Hoybier took his spot. Arsenal! Oh, that's not what I was... I don't think people hate each other that much. That... Uh, whatever, it's just a little uh, conspiracy theory I have going, that he was trying to take them out from, from the inside. It's whatever. It's a. Uh, it's just speculation. I was because I was looking it up, and then I, I finally, I you know, I like I said, I went on Instagram. I see this tweet from him. I was like, ah, shit, that throws the whole thing in the garbage. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe. Um, and then. Um, the last the last piece that I saw in England was actually today, a couple hours ago. I got an update that Avram Grant is going to be, um, or is, is being asked to help Lampard, to return and help Lampard. The, it's the same coach who took Chelsea to the Champions League final against Man U and lost in the penalty shootout. Okay, what's his name? Avram Grant. Avraham? Avram. A-V-R-A-M. Without an H. Yeah, without an H. Thank you. So, he, I don't know if that looks good for no, even 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 in speculation. I think that looks terrible for Lampard. 
I don't think it'll change anything immediately for Chelsea. I don't think it'll change anything at all for Chelsea, other than Lampard having a higher chance of getting the sack. Oh, no, 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 no. So Chelsea's, Chelsea's philosophy with their managers is they don't do well, fire them. That's how they do. Even if they win uh, a league of the year before, if they don't do well, fire them, get a new one. That's like they love doing it. They love, well, the, love doing it. The problem but for... They didn't, it, they didn't do it to Lampard because Lampard and Abramovich are toys. They're mad toys. They like each other. Abramovich likes Lampard. He's a legend. And the fact that he's coach probably brings Abramovich a ton of money. And by a ton of money, I mean like a metric shitload of money. And he loves that. And he won't give Lampard the sack because that will make all the fans really, really unhappy. So what is he going to do instead? He'll bring in another legend of the club who actually made him win something to quote-unquote help him out. They won't fire Lampard. They'll just get another guy to help him out. But I don't think Lampard's going to get the sack. That, At least not as soon as other Chelsea managers have gotten the sack. For me, that takes the validity out of Chelsea as a whole. As a, as a no, club, as a team, as... I, but but not even not even based off of what you said, based off of this news coming out, whether it's speculative or whether it's concrete and it's happening. I think this just takes the heat out of Chelsea. I think it takes the the superiority complex of of Roman Abramovich. I think I think it belittles Lampard and Chelsea as a whole. They're not they're not look, the, the problem with Abramovich and, and hiring Mourinho and, and and then firing him and coaches like him was because he always wanted this attacking menu style menu esque style of just attacking and not sitting back. But that's that's what Mourinho did. That's what a bunch of coaches did. And you know he was like, okay, I don't want this anymore. This isn't the identity I want for my club. You're out. And then when someone who he hires and gives tons of money to has the same goal and tries to implement it and fails I wouldn't say miserably but fails pretty hard based off of based, based off of based off of what expectations were and based off of their market their transfer market activity this is a miserable failure for Lampard yeah no it's a big it's a big loss and then they decide and then they decide that they want to bring in someone that he fired for not having that same who took them to a Champions League final, yada yada yada. And to take him in as some kind of and 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 as much as they want to say it's as an assistant coach, it's a babysitter. It is a babysitter. It's a caretaker, and not in the not and not in the sense of being an interim manager. A caretaker in the sense of taking care of Lampard and his players and his his tactics. I don't know if I'd be happy to be a Chelsea fan right now. I mean, I think they'll be fine. They have a good enough team to not be awful, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna be as bad as Arsenal. But they'll, they'll, that's that's the that's the uh, the takeaway. The positive takeaway for Chelsea fans. You won't finish. You won't finish below Arsenal. You guys will be fine. Exactly. Although, I mean, with Arsenal's performances picking up and theirs dropping, you never know. And that was an, that was another thing about like the FA Cup that Chelsea played against some, you know, team of bankers 
and everybody's losing their minds that that Kai Havertz and Timo Werner did well. Like, of course they're going to do well. What do you mean they played a? They played a. a, a they played against a team consisting of of bankers, so to speak, of farmers. If you went to France, of. Do you know what a banker is? Have you ever heard of a banker? Somebody who works in a bank? Yes. Have you heard of a farmer? Somebody who works on a farm? Yes. They played against a team where the players consisted... (laughs) Do I actually have to explain it? I mean, I didn't know bank. You actually meant people that work at banks and farms that aren't actually soccer players. That is what I was referring to. A little bit of everything. A farmer's league is not a league of farmers. A farmer's league is a league where you only have two teams that crush everybody else and score 100 points in the league table, and everybody else scores 70 points, 60 points, 50 points. All right. That's a farmer's league. Fine. So to give you... To give you perspective of how how good of a team Chelsea played against and crushed 4-0, they are 8th place in the 4th division of English football. Four nil. Number one, they should have done better than four nil. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Four nil. To to be fair though, they did dominate. Eighty five percent possession, twenty five shots to three shots, eight shots on target. So clearly, they have some things to work on in in the training ground. But like. You know, obviously they're going to do well. I, I don't know why people saw it as, oh, finally they're delivering for Lampard. I'm the only. It could, if they played against a team of two hundred school children, they, it would be the same thing. Like, of of course they're going to do well. Of course, it's just. It gives them hope, but it's f- it's such false hope. You know what you want? Know fan is short for. You ever know? If, you know? You did, did you know that fan? A fan is short for something. Fan is short for fanatic. I know that. Fanatics don't think. That's that is a good that is a good fanatics call. Don't think. Fanatics feel and fanatics act. They don't think. Right. Supporters. Supporters. Well then, I, I then then Chelsea is a team made up fully of fans and not supporters. I mean, their 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 viewership is all fans, not supporters. It's it's yeah. weird to me because I, I with all this Chelsea talk, it's just I would not be happy being a Chelsea fan. Okay. Um, but let's let's hop over to Spain real quick. Um, so that was that was our roundup of England, but Spain has become a lot more interesting of late. 
recently. Why? Why? So, because all the teams are performing great doing the Barca are now in second place. Well, because for starters, Atletico Madrid got knocked out of the Copa del Rey by was it Ibiza or someone smaller than that, I think. But they got knocked out of the Copa del Rey, which is pretty huge and largely unheard of. Cornella? Cornella? I don't know how to pronounce that. Cornella? Cornella? Cornflake. Cornflake. But they're... uh, I'm trying to find their standings, and I can't even find their standings. Like, I don't even know what league they're in. Did you, speaking of Madrid, did you see that... uh... Luka Jovic might go back to Frankfurt. So, yeah, so Luka Jovic, I want to hit that later. But Atletico is out of the Copa del Rey. So I think, I mean, personally, I don't see it. I just see it as, like, a crazy upset. But I don't think it's going to affect much, unlike, like, West Brom. It's just, a, you know, further solidifying the relegation or, you know, something like that. Um, But they got knocked out, which is crazy. And then... Not a week later, the league just explodes. Completely explodes. In my in my point of view, from my perspective, it just exploded. Barcelona came back like crazy. They they absolutely tore apart. Who who they play? Who they play again? Is it, it wasn't. They played Granada, which isn't, you know, it's, granted, it's not like one of the better teams. It's a mid-table team in seventh place, but they still tore them apart. And, and you know, even the couple games before that, they were slowly getting the right. And, that you know, I think personally uh, from that game, I think Coleman has finally found the right system and the right places to put his players. I think I think it's a it's a mix of both. I think something finally clicked in terms of who Coleman was playing because he was playing around with the lineups f- since day one until he just got it right. I mean, we have yet to see what he's going to do in the next game. Maybe he'll change it again. I don't think so because he finally got it right. Right. So I think, personally, I think he finally got it right. And since he got it right, because yeah, getting it right isn't, isn't like the, in the sense of on paper. I think getting it right is, is obviously the on paper aspect, like who's good and who fits where, but also who fits where mentally, you know, who gets along with who can play with who, who has a good connection. Exactly. And they put it together and it works incredibly. Very well. And Griezmann picked up his, uh, picked up a little bit. And and Griezmann, (laughs) I beg to differ on the a little bit, but like, yeah, Yeah, he, he, he went off. He went off. All the goals, all the goals were well worked, team goals, good passing, good movement. All of it. 
all of it. There was a it was great to watch. And and I know I mentioned this when I called you a couple of days ago, but Araujo went out in the pre-match training. He pulled something, whatever it is, and he he was in my my eyes, other than like Messi and Griezmann, he was the best player on the pitch. Umtiti. Did I say Araujo went on? I thought I said Umtiti went on instead of him. Umtiti took Araujo's spot. And I th- personally, he was the best player on the pitch, other than Messi and like Griezmann and Pedri. He was composed on the ball. He was pa- his passing was great. His defensive ability looked like it never went away. The guy hasn't played in a year and a half. He didn't look like he was coming back from any injury. He and I, and my favorite part about it was when. There was a ball that was going to be played through for someone on the other team. I don't remember what it was. Some, some you know, long through ball. And the second the guy even looked at the pass to make it, he stepped up. The guy made the pass offside. It was it was all him to get that offside trap. And it was, it was unbelievable. He did really, really well. Maybe it's just because he's got his French boys on this team. Griezmann and Dembele. Maybe. But for me now, I I really not not just in the set. Obviously, you can't really base it off of one match. Him finally being back, but based off of what their center back record is looking like and what their injury list is like, I think they should hold on to him tight. Clearly, yes, because clearly he still has it. Araujo just went out with injury, which means they're down to Umtiti, Minkeza, and. Longley. Pika is still uh, out. I think PK is out forever. I think I right, look, I think I think I that think could be the case. But with the the guys they have available to them, it would be a lot better if they kept him and you know yeah. he's still really good, clearly. Um but then over with um Oh, yeah, and obviously I wrote down here Messi Returns, which was probably the highlight of, of my week. Uh, that have The free kick? Uh, that free kick. Did you uh, did you watch the game? Did you, did you have Phil Shane and Roy uh, Ray Hudson? Yes, I did. <sighs> The exact words he was saying and at the volume that he was screaming at was exactly what was going on in my own head. Oh, my God. I lost it. Oh. It was unbelievable. He whipped it right around that wall. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what he was going to do. It was around the big wall under a small wall. Around the big wall. It was like between. I don't even know. I don't get it. I Personally. There were two walls. There was a was standing and then there was the main wall and he kicked it around the main wall but underneath the uh the small wall hmm underneath the small I, wall. I don't fully remember it he well, kicked it again. i don't want to switch to a different league right now but i just i was just looking through uh google and uh john luigi donnarumma has a red card 
Oh, shit. Yeah, I might be a little behind. Thanks for the spoiler. Um, but, yeah. So, with... The other thing I wanted to talk about in Spain is is that, <laughs> number one, uh, I don't know if you saw the highlights or watched the highlights to most of the La Liga games, but the Real Sociedad-Sevilla match was one of the cra- – the opening five minutes was one of the craziest games on the planet. I think it ended 3-2, I think it ended three two, Sociedad um, and Sevilla. It was absolutely nuts. There was four goals in like the first five minutes or something from both like two from each side. There was, it ended 3-2, but the it ended 3-2 within the first 25 minutes or something like that. And it, it allowed Barca to jump up. It made things a lot more complicated for those top four teams, top five, six teams. I just don't know if it changes the perspective of who's going to come out on top. No, I think I think it'll be Atletico Barca Madrid for the for the top spot. Yeah. Personally, I I, I don't see Madrid as like an upstart to to sit at the top spot. Atletico's been consistently doing well. Barcelona have picked it up again, but for me Real there's just this weird there's this weird aspect of like un unsureness peppered in there, where they don't know. For me, when I look at Real Madrid, when I talk about Real Madrid, the first thing I think of is just unsurety. Is that a word? Unsurety. Unsurety. No, unsurety is not a word. It's just it's general indecisiveness doubt. or doubt. Yes, doubt of. Whether they're going to actually fight, thank you. Whether they're actually going to fight for the league or if they're just going to be a pain in the ass for everybody else. I don't, I don't know. Right, because they, they're incons- not inconsistent. They've, you know, they have three wins and two draws in the last five. Um, but it's a weird... Kind of, yeah, you know what? They like dip their toes in the water and they're like, hmm, success feels great. Let's try to go for it. And then they're like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Let's let's do something else. Let's pump the brakes here. I don't know if any of that makes, it probably doesn't make any sense, to be honest. But to me, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like they know which direction they want to take the league i think they're still deciding whether i think before during the champions league group stage it was it was obvious that they weren't sure if they were gonna push as hard as they could for the champions league or if they were gonna push as hard as they could for la liga now that there's a break in between and they have the spot for the next round i think you know they can they can now focus a little more on la liga but once the champions league comes back and once you know the Supercopa game, uh, did did they play their match already? Real. Uh, no, they play on, on Thursday. They play Bilbao. Thursday? 
because the, once that comes back and Copa del Rey comes back for them, which is Thursday the 14th and then Wednesday the 20th, respectively, it's going to change how they're thinking about it. Obviously, you know, in the Copa del Rey, they're not going to be playing against, you know, Bilbao or Alaves or, or Hatafe or Valencia or Sevilla or Sociedad or Barcelona. They're going to be playing against, I don't know who this is, Alcoyano. I've never even heard of them before. I mean, it sounds like a, some kind of pasta. Ow, I just crushed my finger. But like, Against Bilbao, it's a big game. It's a relatively big competition. And if Barca wins theirs tomorrow and Real wins theirs Thursday, there's an El Clasico this weekend for the final. They don't have the same deck that they used to have, too. It's a completely different situation. Than, than the, for, for Real, it's not the, they're, they're just not the same... As they used to be, and it's going to be. They they sit in second place. They're you know they're comfortable. They've had a good record for the past few matches, but they did get caught by teams like Elche and Osasuna. They beat Celta Vigo. They beat Granada. They beat Abar. They beat Bilbao. They beat Atletico, but then they got caught out by Elche. They got caught out by Osasuna. They have to play in the Supercopa semifinal. They have to play in the round of 32 in the Copa del Rey. And then they go back to tougher teams like Alaves and Valencia. And then right after that, they have to go into the Champions League. Yeah, that doesn't look good for them. Maybe that means, uh, maybe that means all their oldies will definitely leave. I don't think... They don't want to be part of that, but if Real Madrid would take a step back and look at what they'd be losing, they lost. You know what they lost? They lost their depth when they got rid of players like uh, Dani Ceballos and Ashraf Hakimi and um, uh, who are these guys? I can't remember any names right now. And whomever. They're going to get rid of Luka Jovic. He's going to go back to uh, Frankfurt on loan, but probably leave. They don't use Marcelo anymore. Aiden Hazard is old. Isco's not happy where he is because he's underused. Luka Modric and Toni Cruz are both very old and could very well be pried away from Real. Ramos is very likely to leave at the end of the season for free. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got an issue. They got an issue. It's... That's for sure. And as a Barca fan, it's painful. It's painful to say, but I'm almost depressed looking at it. Yeah, because there's no. There's They're no, just not uh, the same. There's no competition now. There's nothing. Well, they, they did beat Barcelona in the last Clasico, so see how that works. But that meant nothing because they were on the rebuild. They had Coleman, who was just throwing things together, as we saw, making, like, three defensive substitutions in the last 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And it's, it's going to be a long, painful road for them to rebuild. The guys that they're sticking with aren't bad. They're great, great individual athletes like Benzema and Odegaard and Courtois and Asensio and Casemiro and Ferlon Mendy and Varane. But all those guys that I just said now, 
five years ago were the backups. Were the backups to their starting eleven. When you put it into perspective, and you take those guys that I just mentioned, like Federico Val, let's say Federico Valverde, Marco Asensio, Martin Odegaard, uh, Isco, not so much Isco, but Varane, yeah, Isco. They were they were more two bit part players. They weren't out and out starters. They had a lot of depth. And now I look at their bench, and it's just. Old guys who want to get out because they're underused, or young guys who want to get out because they're underused. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it. I mean, look, it doesn't look like it's done a very good job. So, I mean, personally, I don't see Real challenging for anything. I think they can. I think they'll sit in these positions, you know, in the uh, in the round of sixteen. In the round of 16, they're playing against... Ah, uh, it's a great question. Let me see. Let me check real quick. They play in February. They play against Avalanta. Yeah, so they'll make it past the round of 16, uh, but they'll get knocked out of the quarterfinals. They'll sit at a top four of La Liga, but... Um, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna win anything. I think they're going to play featured parts in the build up to the to the winners. They're gonna, like you said, finish in the top four, not win the league. They're gonna finish past round of sixteen. They're gonna go out in the quarterfinals. I don't think they'll, they'll even be on the podium for the Champions League. No way they're gonna be on the podium. Copa del Rey, uh, no. maybe. No, not, podium, obviously, not meaning top four of everything. I just mean, like, they'll make it past, you know, most of the, you know, the smaller rounds. You know? To do better than the round of 16 is you did okay at the World Cup. You know what I mean? So... Right. But to... That's all, right. That's all I mean by that. Okay. So, I think we're on the same page. Because in my head, I'm thinking they're gonna, they're gonna be on the podium, but in the sense that they were part of the tournament, not in the sense that they challenged anyone big, not in the sense that they made it really close to win, but in the sense that they were a part of the season, their wins mattered, their losses mattered, their draws mattered, but it was for a different team. It, it They had no benefit through it. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the same page with that. <clears throat> um oh my phone locked okay that's fun but so now that we covered spain how'd you guess because nobody really talks about germany so so in italy in italy we have oh who just got a red card i said already it can't be that what minute did it say no, this, no, he didn't get a red card. I don't think. Uh, it said so. Because I'm looking at it now, and it was a bench person in the 100-something minute. Oh, yeah, Donnarumma got a red in the 72nd minute. I didn't realize. Really? Ah. Um, he wasn't even playing. How is that possible? 
I love that. I love that the bench has such a, an impact that they have to send yellows and reds all the time. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Right, jumping over to Italy, Milan went. Down, oh Jesus! Just threw my phone. Milan went down to Juve for their first loss of the season in Serie A. But don't we speak about this? I think we did. We touched on it, but we didn't get to see what happened in Milan's next game, in which they thoroughly outplayed Torino, who they're playing right now, and it's you know close in the Coppa Italia. But again, I think it was just a blip. They're unbelievable. The guys they have, what they're working with in in terms of talent, who they have as a coach. I never said if you're alluding to my prediction. No one's alluding to anything. You're making assumptions now. I am making assumptions. Uh, you go defensive because I think I touched on something that you are alluding to. And no. I I never said Milan wouldn't finish number one. No, I didn't see that. My prediction for Milan finished number one. My other prediction, which you didn't like, was that Juventus finished the top four. And there they are sitting pretty. Two points above fifth in the top four. That sounds like I'm reading a kid's book right now. In the fourth spot, though. In the fourth spot, though. What? In the fourth spot. And there's still more competitions to come, and there's still more games to come. I think there's less. I think, though, that with the quality that we're seeing this season across all leagues, especially in Italy, I do not think that they will. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, from my own view, I think people saw Milan's loss as a weakness, as like, mmm, they're going to, you know, they just lost to Juve for the first time. This is their first loss. You know, they didn't have Zlatan. They can't, they can't really handle the pressure. I don't know. Okay, good. I'm happy we're on the same page with that too. So the weakness is just they. That was remember when we did when we when we argued about this last week. I did not say this was a weakness for Milan. I just said it shows. I'm not saying you said it was a weakness for Milan. Think that's what I was just trying to. I was defending Juve's strength. I was not attacking Milan's weakness. I don't think Milan are weak. I think Milan are going to win. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't saying that. No. You're fine. I'm just saying in terms of what, what people's thoughts are. People have said, oh, you know, Milan went down. What does this mean for them? But they came back right away with a strong win. They are playing mostly a B team now in the Coppa Italia. So we can't really make any assumptions based on that. But it was fairly quick and easy for them to to really get their heads back in the game and and keep pushing for it. I I still think they're finishing top. Who? Milan. Everybody does. Not everybody. I also believe. I believe Milan will finish on top. Fine. I believe Milan will finish on top. My, My favorite... Part about all of it, though, is 
Rafael Leal. Do you know him? Have you seen him? He's Portuguese. He's tall as hell. He's Portuguese striker. And he plays... I mean, he's like 20 and he plays like he's 27. Wow. He's... Pers I think he's going to be one of the next... You know, future Ballon d'Or contenders, winners. Where does he play right now? You said he's at Milan. He's he's one of the yeah, Milan. Milan players. Um, let's see, let's see. But there wasn't much in Italy, other than Milan going down and then coming back up. There wasn't much going on. Um, yeah. But now over to to the Germans. Where something is going on. And to me, it looks like the Bundesliga said, Hey. Ah, I get it. Bundesliga decided out of absolutely fucking nowhere to blow their title race wide open also. Bayern lost to Mönchengladbach. Dortmund demolished Leipzig. Yeah. And Bayer Leverkusen are looking like one of the most exciting teams in all of Europe. Yeah, because that Jamaican boy. He's he's making his comeback. And although I do see Bayern just strolling to the to the what do they call it the Meisterschale or whatever the league title again. I, I don't I don't see the any reason to get too in, too vested in it where too invested where you're at the point where you're like oh my god who's gonna win and oh my god like we need to make sure that blah blah, blah. I don't I think I don't think that's I don't think there's really any reason to get too excited about it I think there's you know some slight reason maybe maybe for the fight for the top four but Otherwise, there there isn't much to worry about. I'm not really ever too excited about Bundesliga anyway. Oh, me neither. Um, I, like, I don't really care at all. The only thing I really follow the Bundesliga for is to see uh, which players are amazing at Dortmund. Oh my gosh, did you see um, Holland's performance in the last game? Unbelievable. Holy He He kind of creeps me out, though. He's fucking whack. I, I don't know what he's... Him and Raheem Sterling, they run like a bunch of weirdos. Raheem Sterling. I mean, Raheem Sterling runs like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but have you seen how Holland runs? Yeah, he looks like he's doing thriller dance. Like he throws his arms up and down in front of himself, something like that. That's what it reminds me of. He looks like he's about a... Like he's swimming in the air. Ah, he looks like he's chasing someone to murder them. It's fucking terrifying. That's all I got. I mean, I don't understand how defenders and goalkeepers don't shit themselves. He gets things done, so... Yeah, but no, his goals are ridiculous. His run, his assist... No, not his assist. He had it... I don't know what it was. The ball came down. He headed it down just ahead of a defender. Yeah. 
sent it across into the box to Royce. Royce did something that only a senior player of his stature could do, which was blindly flick it behind him. Which was awesome. Uh, Pancho, which was gorgeous, then Pancho tucks it away easy. And then his goal, his first goal, where he made a ridiculous run to put Dorman in the box, passed it out to the left side outside the box, then it came back out and then back to the left side of the box, crossed to him, and he headed it in with a great run in. Like, he's just... Yeah. Uh, I was like, but it's it's not just his striker capability. I think we got like a taste of that in the beginning of like, not beginning, but like in last season. Obviously, we still have that now. He's still scoring and running through lines and, you know, bullying defenders like, uh, like he's trying to steal their oh, yeah, lunch money. But he's, his team play. Some of that size and stature and of his position have yeah. team play like that to have passing capability. It's like Harry Kane almost. It's, it's so, so good. And I, I also see him as being one of those top, you know, Ballon d'Or contenders with with someone like Leao. And... Yeah, but in the future. In the future. Yeah, and a few years down the line. Which I'll be very excited about. Um, now, I do want to throw in uh, a random country in there for once. Actually, you know what? Yeah, whatever. I already mentioned it. But over in Sweden, Daniel Kulusevsky calls Ibrahimovic back to the international team for the Euros. Now, I have two questions for you. I have two questions for you. The first, obviously, will he do it? Do you think he'll he do will. it? Will he take he the bait? Will. He will, but he won't make a difference. They're not that good. I don't now, that's my follow-up question. Will he make any no. sort of difference for them? No, no. You don't think so? A difference, hold on. Difference, they could perform very well, yeah, but not difference, like, no one's winning. No, no, no. But based off of how they've done in the past, let's say um, they were in the 2016 Euros, right? Yeah, I think. I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And they finished... What is this for? Qualifying? No, this isn't for qualifying. They finished... I don't remember if they even made it past the the group stage. 2016, they got knocked out. Sweden aren't a phenomenal team. No. And no, no. Ibrahimovic came back to Milan. They weren't a decent team. They're not like an awful team. They're a pretty good team. Yeah. He's a really good player. But, but wait. He's not going to make that big of a difference on Sweden. But they got knocked out in 2016. Um, where are they? And they also got knocked out in 2012 in the Euros. But then again, those are different times than now. They definitely... I no, I think he'll take it only because I want him to, but I don't think it'll make the biggest difference. Okay. I think he'll take it, but I disagree with you on the difference. Yeah, what difference do you think it'll make? 
I think they'll they'll make it farther than they have done in the past. Significantly. You think they'll make it to a final? Not to a final, but definitely to the knockout stages. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. Are you serious? Are you serious? Either definitely look. I definitely think. I definitely think they'll. I definitely. I am one hundred percent sure that they will make it. Past the first round. Of course, that's far for a team like Sweden. If if Croatia if Croatia stopped at the quarterfinals for the World Cup, everybody would still be losing their shit that they made it past that far. To top the to top their group stage over Argentina and over. What do you mean not on paper? On paper, Croatia is an amazing team. Everybody knew that. On paper, they had an average team. I think that's what everybody knew. They never, they were not, they were not uh, on paper above average. Team. People thought, hmm, you know what? They could be a contender for, you know, annoying the bigger countries in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, how far es- do you think they'll go? Especially in the, I think they will make it. I don't know how they do. They do the round of sixteen, or they just go to the quarterfinals in the Euros. I don't remember. Yes. At least. Okay. The quarterfinals are made up of eight teams. Yes. Yeah? Name me eight big Europe, European teams that you think are one of the big European teams that will make it to the. No, I disagree. I I'm already I'm shutting down your question immediately. I shut it down. I shut it down. I am I am I am meeting you at the rim. I am meeting you at the rim and stuffing you. I'm making a last-ditch effort for a goal-line clearance. Let me just name the team. Portugal. That's nice. France, Spain. This is all very nice. Don't don't make me stop. Germany. Okay, that's five. Um, I gotta keep going. Come on, Bill. Don't stop. You got it. You got it. You got it. Germany, England, Spain, Italy, 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 Portugal. Italy, Italy is six. Italy is six. Italy, Portugal, Spain, England, uh, France. France we have all those. We need two more. Two more big teams that you think Sweden can replace. Uh, oh, the Netherlands. Netherlands is seven. Holland. And Holland is Netherlands, isn't it? Same thing. Whatever. Yeah. Not Erling Holland. Whatever. And Belgium. Belgium. Maybe they can replace Belgium. They'll replace Belgium. Yeah. Or even Croatia. But think about the teams that that are that you know historically have made it through, right? It's it's uh, it's in international tournaments. As much as people want to say, whoever has the maximum firepower is going to go through, and obviously that is what tends to happen, especially with France and Brazil and all those guys. I I understand that, but Sweden have made no. No claim in the past couple of 10, 10, 15, 20 years to actually do something like that. And I don't think... But this is the time to do it. He's not enough of a force to move it like that. I don't think... I don't think he's enough of a force to push it forward like that by himself. But I think he's enough of a force to help with that fire getting started. To start that spark. To push them forward. Ibrahimovic. If Ibrahimovic, a 40-year-old... 
push and uh, encourage and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Encourage, push. Um, motivate. Motivate, sweet it to make it to the quarterfinals and semifinals and all that stuff. Then this is going to sound weird, but I like that when it comes to making predictions, I like to take everything into account and the world is always watching and other players are always watching. I think it will motivate Lionel Messi in the in the coming World Cup to go all the way again. Not maybe even to finish the final, but to go as far as they did in 2014. I think if he sees a 40-year-old Zlatan go, I could do this. He, if he could do this, I could do this. Yes. Okay? Yeah, okay. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think Ibrahimovic could really make a... Like, if he does this, if he does this with Milan, and he does it with Sweden, he can make such a motivational impact on the whole planet of football. For sure, it would extend it would extend the the playing uh, longevity. I mean, players would be playing for yeah, a lot longer. Finally, look at players not just for skill but also for leadership and motivation. Yeah. Anybody, anybody, and everybody would want to buy a forty-two-year-old Messi. But even, but even despite being forty, they could be still getting these guys for for their technical and physical qualities, for their ability yeah, to play. I mean, you can, you know, Milan didn't just buy him as a as a motivator. They also bought him as a player, uh, and coming back from the U.S., you know, and and if yeah. Messi decides to do the same thing, if he leaves and then comes back to Europe, it it's like yeah. people would still be like, hmm, you know, we have this situation, this Zlatan situation, this Ronaldo situation, where they're. 40 years old, but they're still performing like they're 20. They'll call it, they'll call it the Zlatan Principle forever. The Zlatan, Zlatan Principle. Zlatan Principle or the Zlatan Effect? No, the Zlatan Principle. Is if you buy somebody, even though they're older, mm. they still have technical skills, but they can motivate people because of their stature, then... I like the sound of it. Your team. So I, want, I, hope, I hope somehow Zlatan gets wind of this discussion, and I, I, I dub this, this hill, it'll be called the Zlatan Principle forever if he goes back the Zlatan principle the Zlatan principle I like it I'm already a fan but I do think they're gonna I don't I, don't I do think they're gonna make it fall but if if that happens then I'm all the way I'm all in I'm all in but no I mean even if I didn't think they had the chance to go far or make it out of the group stage I'd still be you know hugely supportive of Supportive if they if they went through, but yeah, I just I just saw the penalty save and Chalanoglu hit the last one. Yeah, don't worry, I went batshit crazy, just, but very I quietly. The, I also just watched the Monaco highlights against Bayern, and it made me so happy. Yeah. You know how happy I am when I see Norway get scored against. Oh. It's so nice, especially when they're nice goals so too. Happy. Yes, not nice goals, and also not nice goals. And also not nice goals. Oh, it I really it puts him in his place. He's so full of himself. It's not a good ha it's not a good character trait to have ever. No. I love when that guy loses. Um but st but still you're still dodging my Sweden talk. I think very I'm not dodging. You asked me what I think and I said no. I said I think he'll go but I don't think he'll make a, a different I know, but like if he went they'd have a front two of him and Alexander Isaac Isaac, I don't know how to pronounce it. The striker for Sociedad, who's been doing great, he's young, and he's like the same build as Latan. He's 
He's just a fucking okay. giant. What, where do they even go? Who's the defense? Who's the midfield? Their goalkeeper is Robin Olsen, who's solid and has a very solid history. They have a midfield that can be made up of Emil Forsberg and, and Kulusevsky, who are great. They have defense with Granqvist, who was unbelievable in the World Cup, and Viktor Lindelof, who's, I would say, relatively above average in, in England for United. I'm not saying there's some super team who has, or an up-and-comer who has a chance. I'm saying they, they have what it takes as it is, and if they got someone like Zlatan to come in to motivate, to teach the young strikers, and to add his own expertise and his own playing style, it would definitely propel them farther than they would expect. It's a little bit different because Milan, when, you know, when it comes to club, they have more time together. International squads don't spend as much time together, so it would have to be like a sped up time lapse process. But look, it's, that's why I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. There's not as much time. He doesn't spend as much time with Sweden as he would with Milan and those players. So That's fair. Well, look, that's just, look, that's what I think. That's what I think. I think he won't make that much of a difference. I think it'll make a little bit of a difference, but not enough. Uh, I think you're wrong, and you're stupid. And that's basically it. Hmm. 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 Yeah, basically. Alrighty. Um, okay, fine. So jumping, let's jump to the U.S. Real quick. Um, I got really happy this week. When I went on YouTube for one of my just late night, I need to watch video moments. And, uh. You know what that means, wink, wink, wink. Whoa, okay, pump the brakes. Uh, um. But I go on YouTube, and the first video I see up there is top 10 USMNT goals of 2020. I don't think I've ever seen in I my life. That. A highlight reel for the designated for the U.S. men's national team. It's always like the most meaningful goals were like Donovan ever. Donovan hits him, like not even falls onto a ball with his chest. Not even that. Not even. Not even that though. I never. Clint Dempsey scoring against Ghana in thirty seconds. Like it's just that. Yeah, exactly. It's that, or it's like, or it's like they have a bit part, like oh, most most dramatic goals in the World Cup, like when that guy. That, that American defenders scored that goal in, like, the last minute to tie it up against Ghana or something. I've, sure. I never saw anything like that, and I was just – that that was also a highlight of my week, just seeing, like, fucking a highlight reel designated for them. It was huge. Junior guest. Um, but – On the Fuente, with a great name, too. I don't know whose name I like better on Barca's, Minguez, uh, Oscar Minguez or Oscar De La Fuente. Well, it's it's Conrad De La Fuente. What did I say? Oscar. That's my bad. Conrad, yeah, even it's better. Fine. Conrad's even better than Oscar. Um, Great. Jinx. Anyway. But there's that. There's that, right? But then there's also <laughs> the entire, like, United States... I don't know, uh, youth is... They're all... They're, yeah, one kid from the Union just went to Salzburg... Another kid from. Yeah, all I don't. Oh, FC Dallas just went to Europe. I there. think we should discuss the USMNT after we see them play because we keep doing the same thing. We keep talking about the USMNT going places. They're all over. They got great players. We know that. Let's wait until they play their next match together as a team. 
But they did. But they did play. Who did they play? They played against whatever that team was. They they scored six against them. I think. I think that was the start of it, though. That wasn't a big team. That wasn't a big team, but it was it was still the start of something. You could see there was finally a click. When is the next big one? When is let's look at the USMNT. I don't know why I can't. I don't know why Google's not giving me anything. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, their next game is on the 18th. But it's it's not going to be with... Oh, no, that's the women's national team. That's my bad. I don't see yeah. men's national team. But against, they play Colombia. No, that's not it. That's the women's team. That's my bad. Again. No matches found. What is that supposed to mean? I don't get it. I'm trying to find... Why is it... Throwing the women's schedule in my face. Um, Gold.com sometimes has it. Panama. They beat Panama 6 2. Yeah, that's not a big team. Which isn't a big team, but for South America and for the Americas in general, it's it's a uh, solid. TBD. It's a it's solid TBD. team to play against. And absolutely thrash. Yeah. But they're definitely on the come up. And then, definitely. and then when, if you want to quick, you know, jump back to Germany, uh, American boy on Schalke, I don't remember his name, Hoppy? Sure. I believe you. Had an unbelievable hat trick. On like his debut or something. Because America's not bad at soccer. They finally found one in 300 million people that can play soccer. That can do it. Why did it, why did it take so long? Because uh, we didn't care about soccer. We have an immediate gratification issue. If we don't immediately kick ass, then we pull out. So we started with the soccer. We didn't do so great. We were like, all right, fuck it. We'll just watch football and we'll watch basketball and baseball is still our thing. And then whatever. That was fine. That was good enough for America. But if that's the case, um, then why did they all of a sudden decide, let's put more resources into it? We also have the biggest athletes, by the way. We have the biggest athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Jordan, like, we had the biggest, baddest athletes. It was so famous. Right. And now the biggest athletes in the world, the top three or four, are all footballers. Real footballers, not American footballers. Soccer players. So now America's into the social media and soccer's huge. And that's just that's what I think. That's my opinion. Excuse me. Um. Okay. But if if that's the case, then why would they even bother jumping in if they know that they're not going to be the best right away? My my thoughts are the women's national team picked up. The no, men's the national team. It's not picking up. The women's national team has always been. No, 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 I'm not saying they're picking up. I'm saying the, the women's national team of like the 2000s and the 90s. They were good, but they weren't like waltz through women's World Cups, and no one gave a shit because it was obviously going to be the women's national team of the United States to win every single time. But now that that's the case, right? I, I think I think you can trace it back to when they won that last champion uh, last world cup against i think it was against like germany in the final right 
when they when I think uh, Alex Morgan hit that like half uh, half field goal, and or it was against Japan. I don't remember. But if you trace it back to that, in my opinion, at that time there wasn't a lot of talent in the in the from the U.S. in Europe. You could no, say Pulisic at Dortmund, and I don't think he was even at Bre- uh, Bremen yet. I think it was no, just Pulisic at at Dortmund, maybe him at at Werder Bremen, and maybe maybe Tyler Adams at Leipzig. Uh-huh. And then that happens, and these three guys start picking it up, mostly Pulisic inspiring a whole generation of young talents to pick their shit up. And then over that course of time, there's more and more pressure on the men's national team to improve. Pulisic is the main man now, even though Dempsey, uh, uh, Donovan, Dempsey, Donovan, Dempsey is still there. He was, he turned into the main man and they, get knocked out of the World Cup and now all this they don't make it to the World Cup right they don't make it to the World Cup and then between 2017 or late 2017 early 2018 and 2020 or 2021 there's just this skyrocket of American talent I feel like it was a it was a mix of just they realized that they have to get their shit together as like the men's national team as the people representing this country. Um, personally, I think uh, what's his name? Pulis. I, I, personally, I think Pulisic was like the only one who had that in his head when he was the main man when Dempsey was there and when all these other old heads were there. I think he was the main guy who was like, "Come on, guys, what are you doing? Let's let's push for it." And then they got knocked out because they weren't all on the same wavelength. So it's a mix of that. I don't know, but it's 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 definitely calling for some exciting stuff. I don't think any of their old guys should be there. I think the new guys should just take it. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that I mean that's what they did against Panama. They just had a full restart. Zach Steffen also. Zach Steffen's oh, yeah. the main man for Manchester City now. Yeah, uh, main man or just really well. He is he's he's currently the main man. Ederson is out for a little bit. He kept a clean sheet against. Yeah, in their last FA Cup, in the FA he, Cup game. He got he kept a clean sheet against Birmingham, and did he start in the Carabao Cup? Yeah, and he kept a clean sheet against United, which is unbelievable. Yes. Yes, because United you know, is scary. And they're one of the highest scoring teams in Europe right now. He did an unbelievable job. I think he also played against Chelsea. Yeah. And he yeah. only let in one goal. He... Isn't that, isn't that so disappointing for Chelsea and Mendy? That, that game? No, just in general. That, you oh. Know, I almost feel that as an American boy not letting up any goals. Like yeah. Is supposed to not let up goals, and he's letting in so many goals. Exactly, and he was also unbelievable against Arsenal. 
in the in the earlier car in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. Who knows? Maybe he'll shut out Tottenham in the final. Shut the fudge up. Nobody shuts up human son. Nobody shuts up human son. I don't know, man. He's the most dangerous goal scorer in Europe right now. And we got some we got some good goalkeepers from this country. Yeah. Beasts also. He's also fucking truck. Tim Howard. Tim Howard. Um But let's end off on this note. I want to cover transfers next time. We're gonna do that next time because there's way too much to talk about in that alone. But okay. yesterday was it yesterday? Give me a minute. Yeah, yesterday, Monday, January 11th, was International Thank You Day. So in the spirit of International Thank You Day, I'm missing it by day. Let's let's give our thanks to some some individuals. Which player are you the most thankful for? Let's start with the obvious. The player you're most thankful for. And that could be because of his individual uh-huh. talent, his drive, what he accomplished. Uh, you know. Ever, ever? Think ever. Who is your... Who do you thank for one. the most? Is that... Did I, I don't even think I even said English right there. But, yeah. Uh, uh. Francesco Totti. Francesco Totti. Why him of all people? Just because of the loyalty? Uh, yes, uh, because he's an amazing talent. Also, because I think loyalty is a huge, a hmm. huge character trait to have, especially in a sport where you could make so much money, like ridiculous amounts of money. And he stayed good because he didn't let the money take over his life, and um, he became loyal to a club. And he should be a role model for other young players who are amazing. A role model? <laughs> yeah, a role Jesus. Uh, model. That was awful. All right. Francesco Totti. Francesco Totti. Yes, sir. He's your, he's your most thankful. Yeah. And he's my favorite. He's my number one. So why wouldn't I be thankful to him? That's fair. I don't know who I would go for. I'm, I've been thinking about this all yesterday and today. My pick, my, my obviously my first pick would be like Messi, just because. But that's that's who I think is the best. Who do I think is who do I think I'm? Who am I most thankful for in the sport? Who do I think changed the sport as a as an individual player? Hey, right, let's not let's not jump to different categories. Let's wait for a minute. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. He's very much a Jordan figure to me. The Jordan figure to you? He is very much a Jordan figure to me. Why? Because a hardest worker in the history of the sport, no doubt. Hardest worker, 
He's at training two hours before, and he stays two hours after. Hardest worker. That's number one. Number two, not only is, the, is he the hardest worker, and, and unfortunately he did get caught up in the, in the main man scene and the spotlight and the money and the, and the advertisements and the endorsements. Sleeping with him in hotels. Sleeping with him in hotels. Sure, he got caught up in that. And, and I think if he didn't get caught up in all that stuff and he was more of a normal person... I guess that is being a normal person, but if he was able to withhold himself from do you know getting into into that too much, he would have been so much better because his as as much as I love Messi's philosophy of just play because you love it, and he just lets his football do the talking, and he lets his football his left foot do the talking. Ronaldo was a very Jordan esque play to win. I'm not here to fuck around. I'm here to fuck everyone up. I'm not here to take part. We're here to take over. Exactly. That's, uh, that's the old Connor. He was, but that's but that's who he that's who he is, and that's who he was as a player throughout his entire career. And I think because of him, there's a lot of talents that we wouldn't generally see. Generally see. Generally see. Without him, I don't think we would see people like Mbappe. Or Holland, who are guys who are just absolute, just powerhouses, workhorse. They just fucking they work hard every day to achieve what they're getting now and what they want in the future. I think I think that's the. I mean, you have to think both of them honestly. Um, look, I I would thank Cody for uh for loyalty because I think loyalty is like a really special thing. Mm. If you're gonna thank, I mean, because it's just, that's the whole that's the whole Ronaldo Messi thing is that Ronaldo is the hardworking, and, and Messi has it more naturally, but his attitude makes him a much more um, right. But I think it's more pleasant player, and that's not a natural thing. I think he works on his character trait, on his character to be that person that's likable, right? And everyone loves him. Everyone loves him. But I think that. I think people should look at the both of them and learn from the both of them. I mean, you can't be thankful for one or the other. I think you need you need the two of them, who are almost like opposites, to be like the perfect foot. The perfect footballer will be like both of them. I don't think, but I don't think Erling Holland will be like both of them. I I I I don't know. It depends. It depends because it's much. Like the rise of Mbappe, he was this young guy who was bursting onto the scene. He was fast. He was able to finish. He was able to play with a team. He had, he had tricks up his sleeve. And then he went to PSG. He's playing for money. It was the same story. He played for a, a youth developing team. He went to PSG. He's playing for money. It's not as, you know, it's he's not in the same mindset as he used to be. With Holland, it's... He played at at, like, at uh, Salzburg. He moved to Dortmund, and he's playing, say like Mbappe has played. And I think if if Holland continues the hard work he's going with now, and continues to keep this fun loving, I just play here. I play football. I'm playing to win, and not get caught up in the endorsements and the money and the big money moves. And I think he will be.
What? Sheffield won their first game. Sheffield won their first game? They won. Right, who did they beat? Uh, who has to take in the... Who has to be that embarrassed? Newcastle. A 10-man uh, team with oh. a penalty in the 70th minute. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to post for this podcast update? What? I'm just posting a picture of United in top spot. Oh, you're such a piece of shit. Okay, fine. You know how nice I feel right now? You know how nice I feel right now? I'm sure. Po- post a picture of all three countries. Yeah, okay, fine. Put them on top, and you can put uh, Ibrahimovic. Oh, in a, in, a, in a Swedish jersey, but with a question mark on the front of it. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Nailed it. Great. <laughs> um, but we didn't we didn't finish up. So we did players. Now coaches. Okay. Coaches. Uh who I'm thankful for. The Jose brains Mourinho. of football. Jose Mourinho. Mourinho? Yeah, I don't know. Of all I people you could pick? Now you sound biased, my friend. You yeah, yeah. sound biased here. Oh yeah, but you're gonna say Alex Ferguson. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Alex Ferguson. Uh, Pep Guardiola. Are you guessing mine now? Uh yeah, I'm guessing yours. <laughs> I assume I got it right since you asked. I'm guessing yours. No, it's not Guardiola either. Yeah, uh, Johan Cruyff. In the words of. Uh, Ah, Captain Holt, Bingpot. Bing that is exactly who I'm thinking of for that. Because he was... I think he was the one of the brainchilds for just purely tactical football. To play it... And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't tactical football in the sense that, oh, we're going to... Uh, you go here, and when he goes there, you have to go here, and you go here, and there, there. He just understood that there has to be a sense of teamwork, but not just to string 5, 10, 15 passes together, but to create a team that understands one another, that knows where to go instinctively when one guy goes here. He doesn't even have to say it. He puts them on a pitch, and he has them... They're all capable. He he makes sure he can raise a team that is all capable of doing the basics in each aspect of ball playing, of defending, of of attacking. And he inspired generations of of teams and coaches and players to emulate that. So for me, Johan Cruyff, ten times out of ten, that is mine. That's fair. You should be ashamed. You should be sorry. I'm very, very sorry. I expect an apology letter in my inbox within the next... I'll send you one letter from the word apology. I'll send you a P. A P? Yeah, from apology. You said a letter. As long as I can take... As long as I get something, I'll take it. Okay, I'll send you a P. I'll take what I can get. In the little cup. You got it. Just a little P. Not a a lot, a little P. A P in a cup? 
I'm getting well, I'm getting the joke now. I'm a little slow, but I'm getting it now. I'm very proud of you. Um But yeah, that that wraps it up for today's episode. Uh thank you for listening. Again, uh this is Let Me Talk, but we want to let you talk as a, as the viewers, listeners. Um, so you can email us at letmetalk4231 at gmail.com. You can DM us at um, letmetalkpc on Instagram. Or you can now visit our – or a new site. I started a, uh, a nice blog site on uh, with Wix.com. I'm not sponsoring them. I'm just mentioning it. But – you can check that out. I'm going to put the link to that on the Instagram page as well. You can read articles. You can access the podcast from there. Or you can you know, send us messages from that, that website straight if it makes it easier. Um, but yeah, let us know who you're thankful for, which players you like, which coaches you liked, um, what you think is going to happen with in the, in the transfer window, how well the men's national team is going to do, um, you know, your thoughts, your questions. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening and see you next time. Peace.